The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, Future Stars of Wrestling, here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. Joe, how you doing today? Doing good, staying busy. You know, as usual, working on numerous different projects, you know, waiting to uh, see what's going on with the WWE and SummerSlam. We had, we're hoping today was going to be some major announcements, but unfortunately, I guess we got to (laughs) wait. It's a waiting game and it kind of sucks because I think everyone anticipated when it kind of was leaked or mentioned that it was going to be uh, Vegas, so... That really is, uh, I've, I've heard sources say that, yes, it is Vegas, and then I've heard sources say that, no, it's it's going to be potentially somewhere else. But after this Memorial Day weekend and seeing the fluctuation of people in Vegas, that hopefully was the, you know, the thing that broke the camel's back, and hopefully that will bring them in because of how many people mass-wise came into Vegas uh, just for this holiday. And, you know, if SummerSlam is going to run the same weekend that Pacquiao is running, I think there's a crossover there. You're going to get fans who will stay that, you know, into Sunday. Well, no. Uh, They've already announced for sure that it's going to be on the Saturday, which puts puts a a wrench into our plans, but it's going to be the same night as Pacquiao which is very odd to me that why would they move it from Sunday to Saturday yeah. to against them? But there's no if ands, or buts. They, they know where they're going to be. So if they're going to be in Vegas, they know it. There's going to, there's no, Oh, okay. Look how many people showed up. It's a done deal wherever they're doing it. They're just waiting to announce it. And, you know, I keep hearing that, you know, for sure it's going to be in Vegas. So, but we'll see. Knock on wood. Um, And if it is in Vegas, uh, I think one of the uh, future stars of wrestling that we'll be seeing is a guy who is coming along amazingly. Um, You know, he's had his ups and downs with an injury that kept him out for practically a year. Um, But he's rebounded, and boy, he's looking good and uh, becoming a beast in the ring. And that is Hero Lou. How's it going, brother? Oh, <laughs> Talking about me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's going good, man. It's going great. Everything's been great lately. Um, well, training-wise and just staying in shape is, is, like, the hardest part for me, but I'm just trying. Well, that's that's the that's the thing is getting after it. Joe, when you uh, look at Hero now um, and – see where he was before the pandemic and, and how he is now. Do you see a lot of progression in staying in shape and getting some of that ring rust off? 
so that he is ready now for the opportunities that are going to be presented to him? Oh, there's no doubt about it. You know, he's been re- he's been wrestling regularly. He's gotten to be able because, you know, w- when you're looking at, you know, potential stars, you know, he's definitely right up there. You know, he was the rookie of the year, yet he debuted a few years ago. You know, that's the funny thing. You know, I was looking through some old stuff a little while back, and it was like he was in the Rumble a couple years ago. But he got immediately, and he was out of action for a long time. And I remember it was like, hey, bro, what's up? I haven't heard from you, seen you. Like, I, I didn't know what the full situation was. I thought he was a guy who had potential that just kind of gave up the hope or the dream like, you know, so many others do that they give up quickly and decide they don't want to do it. And I was kind of a little surprised. But then, you know, ever since he came back, you know, he's really turned it up. You know, he's gotten himself in in fantastic shape. And he's the guy that we're, you know, we're bringing along, you know, not too slowly, not too fast. You know, being younger and less experienced, you know, there's certain things about his game that, that, that needs work. You know, and I've talked about it on numerous occasions about sometimes being too nice. You know, we had Gangrel do a seminar uh, a couple weeks ago, and he brought up the exact point, and he was talking about, you know, now it's my time. He talked about how he almost got fired from WWE because I'm not sure who he said he was wrestling. It might have been Scotty Tuhati or something like that. And, oh, no, Scotty Tuhati did the right business. It was uh, Brian Christopher. And, you know, he decided to make it more of a 50-50 match. And it was right when Gangrel was getting that push. And I always have those conversations with Hero that when it's your time, you got to take it. It's their job that your opponent's job is to make you look good, not to get their shine on you. And when you're younger... So the idea was we put him in with guys like Andy Brown and Tito Escondido and, and guys that are, are, are veterans that understand what it is. You know, Andy Brown was the first, you know, he came in and he did a great job of making Hero look like the star that we're going to hope he's going to become. You know what I mean? Yeah. The younger guys that work them, you know, come in. And they're like, well, yeah, I want to do this, and oh, I'd like to do that, and blah, blah, blah. And Hero, being a nice guy, is like, oh, okay, oh, okay. And it's like, you know, and the more people get, you know, when a guy like Hero gives, you know, a young wrestler is going to take. Yeah. And, you know, regardless of the situation. But, you know, he's a physical specimen. You know, he he's one of the most popular guys you know, whatever he comes out. You know, a couple weeks ago we had the match and the crowd went crazy for him. <laughs> well, let me ask you, yeah, Hero, what was that like for you, uh, you know, your first time really getting in front of a, a full crowd, a bigger crowd since the uh, end of the pandemic? Um, did you expect that type of reaction from the fans? And how are you trying to build that relationship with the fans? 
Shoot, I guess uh, I guess I wasn't really expecting that reaction. Uh, I just I just wanted to make a good showing, come out, uh, come look strong. Um, you know, it's it's hard to tell like who's cheering for me just because I'm always hearing. Uh, if you guys ever know, my mom's always in the crowd, and she's like she's always cheering over everybody. So that's the main cheer that I'm always looking for, pretty much, really. But I, I always appreciate. Like whenever anyone that wants to cheer for me, I I always love it. I always appreciate it. And uh, but yeah, like I said, it's my mom's that's always always over cheering everybody else and making the sound doubled for me. <laughs> uh, um, you know, when well, you, you got to be aware of that it was also the pre-show, right? Right. So <laughs> did changing the game. That was you know their card was so stacked that hero and class was the pre-show. And it was a perfect match because Hero's so well-loved and, and Class is so much hated in such a short time that it was definitely a, uh, a great matchup. Yeah, I definitely thought that. Uh, we just wanted a good pace and uh, start to show off on a good note. So, and Working with a guy like Class for you, Hero, um, who is pretty much kind of on a, a parallel basis in terms of, you know, where you guys are, um, is it for you something that when you work guys who are a bigger guy, um, a guy that has down pat that just assholeness that he has, um, does that give you a little more energy uh, to be a little bit more creative with what you can do in the ring? as opposed to maybe working a guy, like Joe said, who's kind of eager to get in the ring with you just because they think that they're going to be able to get their stuff over um, instead of, you know, doing that 50-50 give and take? Uh, shoot, like a guy like Class uh, uh, that can uh, um, definitely work the crowd and, and uh, that can help gain heat for the crowd is definitely way better than somebody who's not able to interact or, or really do anything. And, uh, it definitely helps, uh, energy wise, uh, help me out, bring, bring like more of myself out and showing like, um, basically showing more energy and like bring, bringing more to the table than just having just like basic, um, uh, stuff that you've seen like all the time, pretty much. Right. Um, Joe, when you have a guy like Hero, and obviously Hero has the Samoan background, is it, do you have to think about trying not to lock a performer into that stereotype that, you know, the Samoan wrestlers have had for, you know, 50 years now? Um, is it something that you're able to use a little bit of the heritage, but also try to, you know, make it a little different, a little edgier? How do you tap into that when you have kind of a fresh mold in a guy like Hero? I really don't. You know, uh, Hero decided, you know, he was going to wear the traditional garb that he wears to the ring. No suggestions on my part, you know. When you go out there and you see him, yeah, you see he's a Samoan guy, but it isn't like, hey, make sure you have your opponent 
take you and hit your head on the turnbuckle and you know sell it because Samoans have hard heads. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, you know, I see that happen a couple times in Sefa's matches and you jokingly have to say, you know, I get, I, I guess he didn't see the memo about Samoans having hard heads. You know what I mean? It's like you, you try to take away the, the stereotypes. It's he is a big good-looking baby-faced wrestler that happens to be Samoan. You know, right. it's the same thing when we talked about the Black Lives Matter. I, you know, I'm putting the belts on who I think best represents. And, you know, Hero is one of the, the breakout guys. You know, he's got all the potential in the world. You know, I bust his balls a little bit like, hey, that's great you're in the gym all the time, but, you know, <laughs> ring too. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. A lot of guys kind of like drift off a little, and and a, it's fantastic that they get these they get themselves in phenomenal shape. But you also got to be ring ready. You know, right. it's like we're running regularly now. When you're not running regularly, so you're not getting bookings elsewhere, and you're only relying on one or two shows a month. It's easy to lose traction. It's it's easier to not you know, get those reps in. Right. So that's why, he, you know, the training is extremely important. You know, Hero runs with, you know, the big dogs in uh, FSW when it comes to who he trains with. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, he's got the good pedigree of the Cephas and the Shoguns and the Bays and, you know, guys like that, that obviously they're all pushing to be the best. Right. So, you know, and, and that's what's the good thing it's like you got guys that are vying for that top spot and maybe in the old days there'd be a lot of animosity there'd be like oh you, you know not getting along with them but it's like the cream rises to the top and each guy pushes the other guy to be better and better hey, how is that for you hero in terms of getting that acceptance um at, at what point did some of those guys start looking at you and saying hey you know, let's let's do this. Come on, hang out with us. Do that. Was that something that was kind of that they picked up and looked at you and saw what you were doing in the in the ring and decided, hey, he's got something there. Let's kind of nurture him. What is that backstory between your relationship with those guys? Shoot, um, I guess I guess I probably say if anything, uh, my work work ethic work ethic uh, stood out for if anything. Uh, just they, they, I guess they saw me always, always in the gym, and thought that I could help them out, or we can help each other out, and we can work together. Uh, nothing on like selfish terms. Always, we're always uh, working out together. Like I said, um, but yeah, no, it's I, I guess it's just gaining their respect and how I work and how I work out and how I train is uh, what stood out the most for them. Does that does. Do you take that opportunity with guys like Bay to ask questions and kind of get that feeling of, you know, what he's done to get to the level he's at or a guy like Sefa and, and what he's doing to, you know, further him himself? What are those conversations like? Do you really, you know, try to pick their brains? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, whenever I get a chance, uh, I'm always asking them questions, always asking for advice, how I should conduct myself, because I, I know they've been all around and uh, they definitely have 
faced many opponents and definitely have had to deal with different different enemies, different people. So it's it's definitely helping me out with uh, helping with asking them whenever I need advice or really anything. And you know, you you had a major injury. If you could just uh, tell the listeners and viewers what exactly happened and what that time was like when you were out with uh, with the injury. Uh, it's really crazy because uh, it was a 2018. Uh, it was like a year in my training uh, at FSW. Uh, I decided I wanted to get some more cardio in, but <laughs> I um, so I so I joined a flag football team for <laughs> and pretty much pretty much the first first game first uh, play series. Um, I'm guarding some guy and I get crossed up. <laughs> And pretty much, basically, lose my knee at that point. And yeah, like I said, I end up tearing my ACL first play, pretty much. Oh, um, man. And yeah, that was terrible at, at the time. I know that um, in, in talking to you before, um, you know, one of the things that I I know that you were kind of going through was that struggle of when the knee got better, now finding that confidence again because. You know, everything was just kind of just screeching halt. How hard was it for you to step back into the ring and feel comfortable that the knee wouldn't be an issue for you? Oh, it was it was definitely hard because uh, it was uh, pretty much since uh, tearing the ACL to finally coming back into the ring. It was it was really a difficult time because. I don't know. It's hard to keep motivation and seeing and pretty much seeing all my peers start to elevate themselves that I that I actually started with. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was it was definitely a hard time. But the thing that kept me going is it was this is my dream pretty much, and this is this is what I want to do. If if uh, ACL tear, uh, if I'm gonna let the ACL tear uh, keep me back, then I might as well not be able to do it. So right. So yeah, I just kept staying. Mo- stayed motivated pretty much and just like just wanted to do this and wanted to show people that I could do this and and Joe when uh when a a young wrestler or even a, a seasoned wrestler uh, when they go through an injury like that and the process of healing is pretty much done they're ready to get back in the ring what is your guys process of making sure that when they get back into the ring that you know the injury is kind of taken care of uh initially so that you know there isn't a problem from that injury leading to another injury that will keep him out further well in his situation he wasn't really getting a lot of matches beforehand so when he started training again it took a while before he got back into the swing of things and having matches at shows. So as he was trying to train and get better and get his, you know, knee stronger, he was at training all the time. So in training, he was doing practice matches at that point, you know, you could tell that, okay, now he's ready to go, you know, and it isn't even like a thought process. It's like, Oh, okay. Uh, we're ready. Heroes ready. You know, got an opportunity for him, you know, let's do it. You know, there was never any on his end like, oh, you know, I'm not too sure yet. 
it was like he was in the, you know, when he was training, he was going 110%. So, you know, and it wasn't, oh, okay, he's back two or three weeks later, he had a match. It was a couple of, a few months later right. that he finally matched. So he was at training 20 times, 30 times in that process to where if he hasn't had any issues then, you know, we're assuming that he's good to go. And, Hero, who was that first match back against, and what was your nerves like going into the ring in front of a crowd again for the first time since the injury? Uh, pretty sure the first match back, um, it was Shogun, actually. Uh, but uh, it, it was, it was, I was really nervous, definitely, um, and, and wanted to stay safe and wanted to not re-injure anything, really. But uh, I just had trust in Shogun and be able to come out with him and be able to perform with him. Uh, definitely helped out, and I, I'm pretty sure it came out well. And really, nothing, nothing too bad from that. Joe, when you are getting a guy like Hero now into the mix, um, you know, after the injury, it's obvious that he's strong in the ring again, and you're looking at what you can do with him. What were your th- first thoughts of where can we take the Hero Lou character? Well, before he he got hurt, he was a minor player. You know, we were just trying to get him into the mix. Right. And, and you know, he looked totally different. You know, when he came back, you know, it seemed like there was a more of a mindset – you know, to get there physically and, you know, mentally and working on stuff. You know, we've always gone back and forth on, on you know, on his finisher and, and trying to help, you know, grow the character. Right. You know, he's a guy that, you know, he's an extremely quiet dude, you know, and I got a funny story. So... Daily Wrestling was came to town. They were going to do some stuff, and they were filming some matches. And I said, hey, do me a favor. I said, you know, they were looking for somebody for EC3. And I said, I got the perfect guy for you. He's young. He looks good. You know, this is, this is a good match for him. You know, I, I really need you to give him this match. So... He's booked to work EC3. And I'm talking with EC3 for a while beforehand. We're talking about maybe doing some business, some things like that. So I don't know what was happening. I might have been running around. I didn't really get to see the match. So I'm like, hey, how'd my boy do? And he goes, yeah, it's kind of funny. He goes, you know, we're putting together the match and we're talking. And I'm like, hey, so, you know, what do you want to do? And he's like, you know, in hero kind of mode, like, well, you know, I like to do this, you know, maybe we can do that, you know, and then I'm going to fire up and EC3's like, really? You're going to fire up? He goes, yeah, I'm going to do this and that and, and fire up. And he's like, really? You're really going to fire up? And he goes, damn straight. He fired up. It was like totally different than what he expected just because of his quietness. And, I, and, and I've told this story to a hundred people because I find it extremely funny. So uh, everybody about the EC3 Hero Loose story. Uh, you know, 
so you know we've established this with you uh hero that you are a, a fairly quiet and polite person on top of that <laughs> how the hell are you able to a you know kick into gear when you get through that you know curtain and b how do you deal with that just that kind of feeling that guys you know are looking at you as he's a nice guy and that sometimes can be a good thing but sometimes can be a bad thing because people will try to take advantage of you how have you been you know working through your quietness to show that you are bigger uh than just being this nice guy shoot uh I guess stuff. I just uh, the way I conduct myself, pretty much. I just know there's there's different levels uh, in this life that re- that like require different energy. So um, the way I conduct myself, pretty much backstage or really anywhere. I ch- I'm I'm really a, a quiet person that keeps to myself. But the thing that brings out my energy that you, you guys see in the ring is is my love for like pretty much performance wise. Is, and that's like something that that always attracted me to wrestling growing up is the high energy guys. Um, one guy like that that uh, that I like to refer to is uh, Goldberg, pretty much, and bringing bringing energy and then being a nice guy, real pretty much a real nice guy uh, outside the ring. Um, but yeah, uh, in terms of being nice, um, I just been working on it working with other people, seeing how other people think and how other people come up with ideas. And it's definitely helped me out and being able to uh, put together matches that help me out as well. And I, I, I think it's shown in, in the last couple of my matches, definitely, in being able to uh, not be taken advantage of recently. Um, Joe, you know, thinking uh, back to... I believe it was uh, 2019, all the years blend together now. Um, the Battle Royal, Hero won the Battle Royal and uh, then didn't get his opportunity for a championship cash-in. What was... Uh, yes, he did. Did he? Okay. Explain the whole situation. Uh, if it's the one I'm thinking of, he won a Battle Royal and he got to wrestle... Graves in the main event. Okay, all right. That's that's what I think. I'm thinking of. Um, what was the the mindset? How did you come about that being something that Hero was perfect for? Was it the fact that he is such an over baby face with the fans to then put him in the ring with Graves? Graves could get more heat. Uh, no, because at the time, we might have the dates confused, because you're saying 2019. I'm remembering in 2020, when we did our first show back during the pandemic. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm thinking June or July of 2020, that was the first show we did. And at that point... Uh, Graves was not involved in any storyline with anybody. So it's like, well, who do you put him in with that people may buy into? 
And at this point, Graves is really a baby face. You know, he's getting cheered by the fans. He hasn't done anything wonderfully nice to not be a heel anymore. You know, he's that same guy, but, you know, the respect. Same thing with Hammerstone. When we came back, they really cheered guys like Graves and Hammerstone because they were excited to have wrestling back, and those guys have been with us forever. So it was just kind of, okay, it was forgotten when he turned on Sefa and Hammer and Graves beat up the 1% and got the belts. So it was like, well, who's the guy that moving forward is fresh and, you know, can use that opportunity? I looked at it in a few different ways. A, it's a good match for Hero to step in with a guy like Graves, who, as I said, putting together matches, you know, for a young guy is, is a difficult process. You know, right. way back when, when we said, okay, we're going we're gonna to give Hero a push here. We're going to let him start rolling over people. And he wrestled Brandon G. And it was like, hey, you know, you need to thump this motherfucker and, and you know, give him a little hope here and there. But, you know, you, go over as strong as you can. And all of a sudden, I'm watching this back and forth, back and forth match like, what the fuck? And it was like, you know, you, you can't do that. So with a guy like Graves, who's big and bad, you know, it's okay that Hero is going to be selling for this guy. Right. Because, you know, he's the big bad dude, you know. So they went out and they had a big, you know, I like to call him the Battle of the Bruiser Weights. And, you know, they went out there. And, you know, people got to see, you know, Hero, who probably wrestled Graves in the past, but, you know, he was at a different level now. And he was seen at a different level. You know, it's kind of like with with Shogun early on, matches with Hammerstone and Graves numerous times, but that was when he was in his beginning stages to where he'd look strong, but those guys would go over until we did the storyline where Shogun won the uh, the Rumble and, you know, he got attacked before his championship match and then he got his revenge. So the idea with Hero is he's going to be placed in a good spot, you know, from now on, you know, him losing to the champ is is not going to curtail that push in any way. Right. Yeah, and I I did get my uh, time frame mixed up in terms of the you know the years blending together now, and not only that, but you know Shogun and Hero are very much kind of on the same trajectory, um, and so you know when I thought Battle Royal, that's right, it was Shogun who got taken who was taken out. Hero for you, working with a guy like Shogun. Or a guy like Graves, the bigger guys, guy like Class. Do you feel that working those guys is giving you the opportunity to kind of get a feel of what it might be working with guys who are in, you know, NXT or AEW or uh, WWE that are these bigger guys that you know you kind of have to become a bigger persona? to fill that ring with the energy to stay with those guys. Is this the perfect opportunity for you to work on that, uh, getting up to that level to, to stay with those big guys? 
Oh yeah, <clears throat> definitely. Uh, especially Shogun. He's like he's pretty much as big as they come. He's uh, built six five, two fifty, two around that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so definitely working with them, being able to move them around. Uh, it definitely yeah, it does help. And in preparing for pretty much anyone else um, around that size, definitely. And and what's the what's the difference for you between you know wrestling those guys and then wrestling you know guys like Brandon G who are you know a little bit smaller a little div- different work style do you think that working with those type of guys the smaller guys does that lend to you um, you know maybe getting a chance to get that mapped out in your head of the difference between working a bigger guy and the smaller guy, like Joe was saying, guys that you have to have squashes with so that you establish yourself. Is, is that all making sense to you? Is that starting to click on, on those cylinders of why that needs to be done certain ways? Uh, I'm definitely seeing uh, or realizing a difference in working bigger guys versus smaller guys and, when it comes to bigger guys, uh, we can definitely do, don't have to do as much as working with a little guy where they would have to do more to me uh, for things to look like it makes sense when it comes for, to, for me to sell for them. Um, but yeah, well, I guess, yeah, working with bigger guys is, like I said, it's definitely favorable for me in having to think less than working with smaller guys. Joe, for you, uh, having a guy like Carol and then having a guy like Sefa, how do you as a promoter um, try not to blend the lines because the guys are both big, they're both Samoan, they're both energetic, they both are guys that the fans like. How do you, you know, avoid, you know, having those two, say, be a tag team or, you know, just trying to chap, tap into that aspect of you know, the similarities and the fan likes to uh, make sure that Hero is here and Suffer is here and we're not, you know, really converging the two. Well, believe me, I brought it up to, you know, the new Samoan SWAT team. You know, I've always was a fan of the SSD, you know, and I'd be like, Suffer, oh, you know, Hero Lou, we do the tag, the Samoan SWAT team. And he's like, come on, you know, because, you know, the thing is, we did a Halloween show a few years ago, and uh, Shogun and Hero came out as the Acolytes, or the APA, whichever you want to call it. And they seemed to have so much fun and so much chemistry together. And it was like, you know, they worked out together. They're boys, you know. And early on, when we were deciding who was going to be uh shogun's mystery partner you know we had you know three options uh option kenny king option willie mack and the other option was hero and at that point we just felt that the buzz on the anniversary show or no escape whichever one it was you know i'm not sure at this point but i believe there's no escape that's right yeah. And I, I just don't think Hero's ready for that. Like, I, as a mystery partner, he's a guy on the roster. 
you know, with Willie. So kind of eliminated him. And it was like, well, Willie Mack and Kenny King, they're the outside talents. They work for Impact, Ring of Honor. And then it became, okay, well, Kenny's one of our trainers. He's easier to get. Willie, you have to go through Impact. You know, we didn't realize the pandemic was coming and they'd only have one title defense in a year anyway. So what we ended up doing was we picked Kenny. But later on, there was an incident where the unguided jumped Shogun. So who came out and made the save? Well, we had Hero Lou. And they had, you know, they had a really good match. And the funny thing was a lot of people were like, oh, oh man, you know, they could be, you know, they if they won the tag titles that night, nobody would have been surprised. Right. But the problem was Shogun is pushed as a main event guy and heroes on the verge of that. So you got a guy here and a guy here. If you put him in a tag, it kind of drops them down. Right. You know what I mean? And it takes away on their focus. For them also to grow, they need reps. They need their singles matches. They don't need to be on the outside, you know, because let's say they did wrestle Chase Bell and Nick Xander. Well, they should pretty much thump them. You know, they wrestled Lights, Camera, Faction. They should have pretty much kind of thumped them, you know. But that show, Miraculously Lights, Camera, Faction, you know, must have took the uh, super kryptonite, and they were able to hang tough with, with those guys. But as a tag team, it was easy to see that from the few times they've been together, they got great chemistry. But, you know, getting back to the seventh thing, yeah, I kind of threw that idea out there a little bit. But, you know, Sefa was happy doing his single stuff. And, you know, whether I would have pulled the trigger on that, who knows? I, I just said it in jest. But sometimes <laughs> things are said in jest and then they come to fruition. So, And, and with you, Hero, um, are you enjoying the fact that you're getting the opportunity to uh, grow as a singles wrestler, or or and and or would you be open to you know kind of doing a tag team? Uh, you know, maybe even once you get to a point where uh, Joe is comfortable enough and going, okay, you're you're at a point now that you're up here that we can balance you out and maybe have a tag team that gets the championships. Um, what are your views for yourself between singles and tag teams? How do you see yourself? Well, I, I, I probably say I enjoy, I do enjoy the singles run, uh, being able to uh, promote myself and being able to pretty much deal with uh, every, like my opponents by myself and communicating with them. Uh, it's definitely helping me learn um, learn how to work with other people myself instead of uh, relying on like someone else uh, having to help me out. So that's definitely helping. But uh, I, I I think I'd like a attack um, with either either Shogun or or Sefa. Being able to work with those guys is always fun, and it's always it always makes it harder for the, our opponents to come up with it, really anything. Since because we're like pretty much the biggest guys around, so yeah. I, I, I like I said, I'd like a tag team match or like matchup or really a tag team run. Really, uh, I would I wouldn't mind any of those. 
Uh, Joe, he he, he said the words the biggest you know the biggest guys around, and uh, the anniversary show is coming up here on June eighteenth and June nineteenth, uh, Friday and Saturday. Let's talk a little bit about the anniversary show and start right here with uh, Hero Lou. Um, you know, there's a big battle royal coming up. Hero's going to be part of that. It's a rumble. It's a rumble. A rumble. A battle ro- rumble. Yes. Battle royals are garbage. You just throw a guy over the top rope. The rumbles, they last long. <laughs> um, so it, when you look at putting a guy like Hero uh, into a match that is, you know, one of the fan favorites um, for the matches that you guys do, do you do you look at it as an opportunity for Hero to grow in the experience of you know being in that environment, which is a totally different environment than just being in a singles match or in a tag match? And how do you look at that as bringing value to you as a promoter to be able to have a guy like Hero and some of the other bigger guys in this? atmosphere that um typically like you said in a battle royal you just throw the guy over and usually it's the big guys that win here it's not necessarily the case how do you utilize someone like hero well that's where the difference is in a battle royal and the rumble in the rumble you're, you're telling us you're trying to tell a story you know a battle royal is just one big match right the rumble is a whole bunch of little matches and it's it's a way to set up storylines. It's like in the past, a Kevin Cross and a, and and even a hero a couple of years ago. In those matches, they may not win them, but we make sure they have some you know significant moments. You know whether it's hey they threw out five or six guys, or he was the guy who kind of cleaned house. You know WWE's always done that in the past. You know it's also another way to set up a storyline down the line to where, you know, kind of like we did in the ladder match. So, you know, Class and Gatson, they're going to wrestle this Saturday because they interacted a lot. And same thing with Jay Vidal and Eli Everfly. And it led to them, you know, having a tag match together. Right. So it's the same thing. You know, I specifically went out and got a guy like Eric Watts, who's never appeared in an FSW ring. Now, I think it might be a lot more interesting to see Hero and Eric Watts go at it than, say, Eric Watts and Nick Xander, for example. Sure. You know, Nick's great, you know, possible rookie of the year. And so's Brett the Threat, possible rookie of the year. It, it would hard for me to believe that those two won't intertwine in any way, you know, in the Rumble match. And... You know, there's a lot of big guys, you know, there's a couple others, you know, Juicy and Toa, you know, the Toko Uso. Yeah. So, you know, they're the uh, not very nice Samoan guys and, uh, you know, looking to hurt people. So, you know, who's to say Hero and Toa don't seem to, you know, interact, Yeah. you know, and that's the idea, like. We're just getting the idea. We got a couple surprises, you know, a couple of mainstays from, you know, FSW past, 
you know, former No Limits champion, a former tag team champion, and that we haven't seen in, in a ring in a long time. So we're trying to mix it up. You know, usually it used to be 30 guys was very difficult. Now the guys are like, oh, I got to leave this guy off. Hey, like one idea was the Suavecitos. But the Suavecitos, they're going to be in the pre-show match, you know, and they were extremely impressive with Adrian Quest, yeah. who's going to be on the show. And right now we're contemplating three things. Adrian Quest and the six-man with the Suavecitos in the pre-show. And then maybe double duty sure. because it's the pressure. And, you know, we're talking about doing, you know, one of those red hot scrambles to start the show. Like, do I want to see Adrian Quest technically in a rumble match? that's like a battle royal that all you look at this, you know, there could be 12, 14 guys in there. He's not going to be doing his cool shit. Right. You know, I want to see uh, Adrian Quest, Funny Bone, you know, Brandon Gatson, you know, all those guys, Eli Everfly, Jack Cartwheel, you know, I'd rather see those guys tearing it up inside the ring. Right. You know, and Hero's definitely going to be one of the favorites when it comes to the Rumble, you yep. know, and we're going to see what happens. You know, will he have alliances? Will he get you know, taken out by a grouping, you know, that there's so many things to do and, and the luck of the draw and who's, who's going to draw number one. You know, a lot of times we're trying to see every year we've done, it's called a feast or famine match where uh, the winner gets the 30 spot and the loser uh, draws number one. Well, in the past we had Carl Fredericks uh, versus uh, who was it? Graves. And Carl had a start at like at number one and he went a long way, but, you know, unable, you know, to be victorious. Right. So there's a lot of little stories that we're working on. And I always enjoy putting together the rumble match. And since we don't have against all odds where the winner wrestles in the main event that night, it's probably going to be later in the show. And then the winner where I'm pretty sure Hero would love an opportunity to wrestle Hammerstone for the heavyweight championship on night two. Yeah, Hero, talk a little bit about that that uh, possibility of getting in the ring with Hammerstone. Uh, you know, not only would it be a, a championship match, but you'd be working a guy who, arguably, you could say that was you know in your shoes a number of years ago, and now you look where he is. Does that potential excite you to, you know, potentially work with a guy who you could be at that level within the next couple of years? Uh, well, so far, I'm pretty sure uh, I have. I've, I've worked them two or three times. Uh, worked with them in the ring, uh, and I uh, each time I'm. I guess I'm measuring myself. And being able to uh, being able to match his energy really uh, each time I just uh, being able to like I said um, hoping to be better each time whenever sure. when I do see him and when I do match up with him and hoping that I do get good feedback from him and that he sees improvement every time that he sees me really is really what I'm aiming for and really able to 
match his caliber because he's like he's also been around uh, pretty much anywhere really and been everywhere. So yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's yeah, that's definitely uh, what I would want to do uh, going if, if I'm able to go up uh, over the on the rumble and then go with him. Yeah. The next night. Yeah. Uh, Joe, when you're looking at putting together the anniversary card since it's uh, the two days. What are some of the uh, obstacles in doing a two-day show, and what are some of the benefits of being able to do a two-day show? Well, the difficult process is, are fans going to be willing to pay good money to come to two shows? Yeah. You know, you know we got a new venue. costs money. You know, we're bringing in guys. costs money. And, you know, tickets, front rows, $50. You know, we give a break. If you get uh, both nights, we'll give you this, the front row for 40 the second night, which is generally a higher-priced FSW arena show. Right. So we're not really bumping the price. So it's similar to what people would pay for the casino shows at Samstown. So you got $90 if you want to come to the front row, you know, one guy bought three, so that's $270. You know, people got on, you know, always talk about the wrestling fans and having no money. Well, they're spending good money to be there. And we may have actually oversold the front row night one. Uh, we're at 87. We would only been able to do about 67 to 70 at the FSW arena. We're, we're going to try to make it work. 87 is going to be tight. I was counting yesterday about the uh, front row for night two. I figured we were at about 60, and it turns out we're at about 76. So we only have about 10 front row. So obviously our hardcore fans are not concerned with the price, and they're coming to the event. Going out there, you know, we got the pre-show. We got a special meet and greet with uh, Leo Rush and Chris Bay. We got the regular meet and greet, and we're actually doing a really cool after party. as as Randy from Diversion Amusements said, you know, we don't have cooks. We have chefs. You know, they do, you know, they, you know, they can work because they also used to run concessions back in the day at Cashman Field. So they understand about creating menus and doing stuff like that. So we're in the process of it's a $25 after party, but it includes a buffet. So, you know, it's going to be a long day. You know, we got a seminar with Leo Rush starts at 2. So I'm probably going to be there by 12, and I probably won't be home until midnight. And that's the first night. <laughs> you know, now when you say what are the, the advantages, it really frees up the card. Because when you put a rumble on the card, you got to eliminate one or at least – at least one and maybe two matches. Right. So when you have nine matches with the rumble, seven's cutting it. Okay. Right. So we were actually looking at, oh, okay, well, if it's night one and we didn't do the two nights, you know, R&B and Death Proof for two out of three falls. We've announced that two, you know, two out of three matches. Well, the unguided have to be on an anniversary show, 
So then we were contemplating them teaming up against Ice and a, another member of Lights Camera Faction because we didn't have room for two title defenses at that point. Right. You know what I mean? So now we're able to put Sandra Moon and Maz and we're able to put Chris Bay and Leo Rush and we have the Rumble and then we have a couple other matches. But now we're going to move, you know, now the winner in R&B and and Death Proof Night 1 and the winner wrestles on Guided Night 2. So there's a tag title match. We're going to figure it out, you know. Ice Williams will defend the No Limits title. Remy's wrestling Davari on uh, night one. So we're already at five or six matches. So if we squeeze in the scramble, you know, we're done. So now we got to figure out, you know, unfortunately, class is not able to make night one. So he won't be involved in the Rumble, which I was really looking and hoping that he would be. Right. So... Uh, you know, with class, now we need to find an opponent for him on, you know, night two. You know, does Hero get a match if he doesn't win the Rumble? You know, uh, it's going to be really interesting because, you know, the way things play out from the Rumble, which, believe me, is 100% undecided, you know, we don't know where we're going in, in a bunch of different cases. Right. So... You know, we're just trying to get to who the exact 30 are going to be, and then we're going to move from there, you know? So that's the best part of doing two nights, especially when, you know, people are excited. And as we saw, we did Future Shock this past week on uh, Friday night. And as usual, our crack uh, student crew... When they're putting together the arena for the show, you know, they're spacing out the seats that were like, dude, where where you guys been? You know, the last two shows, we don't space out the seats. Right. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I, you know, we figured why get the seat chairs in the back because it's future shock. So there was spacing in the chairs. So we probably had 45, 46 front rows. Well, at changing the game, we did about 64 or 65. And we did actually, you know, space out, like, for the three feet, more like two feet, whatever. And yeah. it was like, well, we're not going to worry about it. We only got about 40 sold anyway. Because usually at a future shock, it's based on the guys selling some tickets and our hardcore regulars. And all of a sudden, we had almost as many people as we did the, at changing the game. And there was close to 150, 160 people there. Yeah. So, you know, people want to go out. They're done. Now, if wrestling is something they enjoy, they are going. Yep. They don't care if it's one night. They don't care if it's two nights. They don't care if they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna hang out with their friends at the after party, hang out with the wrestlers, you know, have two nights. You know, normally with a two-night anniversary is asking a lot. Right. But this year you know it, it's worked we were able to get the venue for it so we are extremely excited the only thing we couldn't do on this two-year anniversary was doing the hall of fame ceremony right you know there was just much going on and we were hoping to do it and we still are 
hoping to do it SummerSlam weekend, but we got to figure out the logistics and, you know, eagerly sit and wait on the computer for WWE to make the official announcement. Because, again, we're 95% sure it's in Vegas, but, you know, which, which is crazy to me. Like, then why wouldn't they just run on Sunday to run a separate day than Pacquiao? Right. Then run the exact same day. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's odd. Um, Hero, and, and just listening to Joe talk about the potential opportunities, have you ever thought about the potential of uh, becoming a No Limits champion? I know that's against Joe's usual thinkings of what that belt is, but in your case, you know, maybe that's that's a next step before the championship. How do you view something like that, or even the Nevada State title for that matter? Uh, lately, I've definitely been thinking about the Nevada State title and being able to have a shot at that, definitely. Uh, when it comes to the No Limits, if anything, I'd want to work with uh, the dude that's holding it right now, uh, Ice Williams. He's a... He's a, he's a whole character, really, and I think I'd be able to have a good showing with him and come out and perform, have a great performance with him, definitely. He's a funny guy, really. But, yeah. yeah, so, yeah, when it comes to the No Limits, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd have a shot with that and have fun going at it with Ice. You know, anytime we say yeah. Ice, Ice Williams, I'm expecting him to, like, pop up in the back of your car or, you know, come on camera with Joe because Ice... I think Ice hears his name and just appears. Um, yeah. Joe, how are you looking at uh, what's going on with the those belts, the Nevada State belt, um, the uh, No Limits belt, the Women's Championship belt, um, the Tag Team belts? When you look at all these different matches, obviously the uh, heavyweight oh, belt will be determined by the Battle Royal winner. But in thinking of putting together the the card in a two-day time frame, how do you space out that you have, you know, these four underbelts? How do you utilize those in filling out the days? Well, you know, you got to make both days equally as important. You right. know, initially I was a little concerned that, you know, First off, Chris Bay and Leo Rush is a match that a lot of outside FSW fans are going to find intriguing. Yeah. You know, I know for a fact, you know, people that are coming in from California and Arizona just for the match. And some of them are staying both nights and some of them are only coming in for the first night. And putting the Rumble had to be on the first night because right. you can't really do it the second night. And then when I got word from Hammerstone, he wasn't able to make the, the 18th. So we were trying to contemplate what are we going to do, an anniversary show without our heavyweight champion. And then I had hit him up about, well, what about the 19th or the 20th? He's like, well, I'm good for both those days. So then the ideas became, well, maybe we do it Saturday and Sunday. But so now we've already put together – the first three matches, you know, we had Remy and Davari spoke with Davari. They were supposed to wrestle at changing the game, but impact decided to move their tapings to that day, right? Which gave us the opportunity to have Bay and Leo 
instead of GCW getting Bay and Leo, which is one thing I'm extremely happy about. Right. So now we got three matches. Then we got Maserati and Sandra Moon. Sandra earned herself that number one contender spot. Uh, Maserati's working a show the 19th. She's unavailable that day. <laughs> so guess what? That match is happening on the 18th. Okay. So now it's like Hammerstone has to be on night two. Now where else do we go? Okay. We're limited on, on, on matches for, because this is what we have to do night one. Right. So we can't really adjust it. So how do we make night two as exciting? Okay. Well, the number one contender tag match, R&B and death proof, the winner gets the unguided night two. So now we got the heavyweight championship, the tag team championship. Because of everything going on, Ice Williams will defend on the sun on the Saturday. So that match is in check. Uh, after watching what happened this past week, uh, Jay Vidal and Gregory Sharp's got to happen somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, looks like Sunday might be the better option, you know, for that one. But then it frees up some of the, the great talent that we're bringing in, you know, on the 18th. You know, Tito Escondido, Eric Watts, Danny Limelight, yeah. Hero, Toa, Juicy. You know, which one of them do they win the Rumble? You know what I mean? And then it's like, well, you got the other guys. You know, Class will be there the 19th. Graves will be there the 19th. You know, again, disappointed that whole Arizona crew won't be there. Right. You know, Graves was the guy, you know, we were looking at, you know, being one of the top baby faces, you know, you know, for, for fans to cheer. Right now, Hero might be the only uh, baby face that the fans love in that match. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they like a lot of them. You know, there's people they like a lot. But, you know, they don't love too many guys. Right. You know, Remy Marcel, he's already in a match. You know, Hammerstone's in a match night two. You know, so Chris Bay's in a match. Right. You know, th th this might be uh, a night where, you know, if you enjoy the bad boys of wrestling, unintended, uh, <laughs> might be a good, good, good weekend for you. And as we start kind of wrapping up here, Hero, um, let me ask you about that idea of. Um, you know, kind of being potentially the baby face torchbearer in a big rumble match where you're going to have a lot of really top heels. Um, do you feel any pressure to perform? And the follow-up on that is, could we possibly see Hero Lou body slam juicy? Dude. Yeah, that's a big guy. I don't know. I probably, if if y'all want it, then it's gonna happen. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna make it happen for y'all. You know, um, but as being a, one of the bigger baby faces, um, I don't know. I probably say it's just gonna bring out more more uh, out of me, uh, if anything, and performance wise, and it's it's gonna be let me show another uh, like a whole another side, a whole another level. Um, be it having to carry that uh, babyface role, really. Um, but no, definitely, it's going to be fun. It's, 
it's really gonna, like I said, help me uh, evolve. Really, if anything. Um, and my fi- final question for you, uh, Hero. Um, what does it mean to you, as you talked about your mom and and hearing her cheers? What does it mean to you to be able to have your mom? in the crowd and you know have that uh support uh from someone who is very important to you in, in your life uh it, it pretty much means everything really to me uh she's the one that's always there oh at pretty much every show no matter what no matter what day um as long as i just tell her that we're having a show where i'm gonna have a match she's she's already definitely gonna be there um even out of town she's like she's trying to get it, whenever I'm out of town, uh, she's trying to make those shows too. Uh, it really means everything to me, and being able to show, uh, show or make her proud, really. Uh, but yeah, yeah, and it, it, you're definitely there's no doubt that you're probably making her one of the most proudest uh, parents around in in what you've been able to do and accomplish in a very short uh, amount of time, uh, Joe. Uh, any final thoughts uh, as we start wrapping up? Uh, you know anything about uh, this coming uh, week with uh, the show that's going on before the anniversary show? Um, and anything else that you might want the fans to know? Yeah, it is, it is the calm before the storm on uh, Saturday night. Uh, Hero is expected to be on the show. You're available, right? Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> All right. So you know, we're still putting together some matches. Uh, Eli Everfly is going to wrestle one half of Creature Feature, Adriel Noctis, on the show. <laughs> so that yeah. uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to see what Adriel is able to, uh, to do. You know, a lot of people are high on his work yeah. and, and good opportunity. Uh, Toa will be on hand. That might be a good uh, feast or famine match, Toa versus Hero Lou. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, oh, that, that, yeah that'd be a, be a possibility. Right you know, Toa is uh, even more inexperienced than than Hero. He's he's got less than two years in the business, and obviously the water's uh, really good out in Samoa <laughs> because between you know Sefa. Hero, Toa, you know, these guys are, are just, you know, amazing physical specimens. And, you know, I see a lot of good things with uh, Toko Uso, yeah. you know, on hand. So, you know, we got a lot of good things happening on the show. Uh, you know, we're looking forward. Judah Matthew will be there. Uh, as I said, we got Hero and Eli and... If one member of the Lights Camera Faction's there, then you know all those motherfuckers are going to be there. You know, they're they're kind of like a bunch of roaches, you know what I mean? You, you can get rid of one, you try to get rid of one, but then all of a sudden four more show up. You know, there, there's not much you can do about it. You know, Ricky Tenacious will be there, uh, who's been helping out on commentary a little yeah. bit. Uh, uh, yesterday uh, at, at training, uh, he did a sixty-minute match with uh, Sin Bodhi. Yeah. So, and and, uh, and the week before, Nick Xander. Yeah, I was know, just going to. If you're if, in training, 
you know, our guys, top of the line. Yeah, please, uh, anyone out there listening, if you are a parent and your kid wants to get into training or if you are thinking about training, please go to Facebook, go to social media, watch those broadways that Sin has been doing this past week. And it's it's unreal. You know, Ricky Tenacious, an hour match, man. And it was good, <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's it's really cool to see what uh, what the school is doing, and um, again, this is something that if you guys are fans of wrestling, fans of backstage, seeing you know how things work, the Broadways that that Sin's been doing with the guys. Um, I mean, Xander, yeah, I mean, wow, it's just been really good. Um, A couple other matches, let me get. I yeah. just remembered. Uh, you know, the unguided are going to be uh, going to be there. And Remy Marcel is going to have a non-title match. Uh, should be a good one against Jordan Cruz. So, Ooh. yeah, it's it's exciting. Um, and I believe that uh, if you're a subscriber to the network, um, that's when you can see uh, that uh, if you can't make it out to the arena on Saturday. Yeah, um, free of charge, six ninety nine. You subscribe, and two weeks in a row, you get a free wrestling show featuring you know some great talent on there so you know you you can't go wrong you know you basically watch the network for free and pay three dollars and fifty cents to watch a top-notch wrestling show yep absolutely um and you know check out the fsw network if you haven't subscribed it's wonderful and there's just more evolution going on with that platform all the time uh, also, if you guys are in Vegas the weekend of the anniversary shows, I encourage anyone who's intending on going, get your tickets uh, early because it's going to probably be, we're hoping, you know, just from fan reactions, probably two nights that are going to sell out. So please, um, you know, if you're in town and you want to see the show, get those tickets now, um, you know, get your hotel rooms now if you're coming from out of town. Um, because it's going to be a pretty off the hook weekend, uh, as Joe said, including an after party on Friday. So please definitely uh, come out support. Uh, I will also throw out there, buy food and drinks when you go to the anniversary show, because this is, uh, one of the nice things about, like Joe said, them having, you know, real chefs and, and preparing some really good stuff, um, it helps supporting keeping FSW in what could be a, a future relationship uh, for, for a long while. Yeah, we need to do some good numbers. Hopefully people eat and drink. As I've been told, you know, $5 drafts, there's going to be a 5 to $10 food menu items throughout the, the, the show. And, you know, I guess if you go to PT's, I don't. That's what I was told. It was like, hey, the pricing on drinks is is more like PTs. So, you know, not crazy priced, not cheap, cheap. So it's kind of like right in the middle. And remember, you're going out for a night. You know, you have food, you have drink, you got great wrestling for two, three hours. Knowing us, more like three hours. But you know what I'm saying. No, Joe. No, Knowing that being said, it's probably going to be four hours. So... Might have to. We gotta hit that drink guarantee. 
Um, you know, the, just continue to support everyone um, and uh, continue the support of Hero. Um, Hero, where can people find you on social media? Uh, my main two social media uh, is my Instagram account at it's Hero Blue, and then my Facebook. Uh, it's just my first and last name Brandon Lou. You know, was uh, hit me up on either one. Excellent, and everyone, please again support uh, Hero because watch him now, so that you can say in five years, oh yeah, I remember. You know when he was uh, in the in the Rumble there in twenty twenty one. So. Uh, everyone, thank you for tuning in and listening, and uh, we'll see you guys next time.